What's up guys, this is Pastor Andrew with another episode of 5 Minutes Alone with Pastor Andrew. I just wanted to jump on here, say what's up, give you some encouragement, be able to face the war that's ahead of you. Um, it's a spiritual war, it's not a physical war, we're not fighting people, but we are fighting principalities. There is a work of wickedness, spiritual oppression, and darkness in this world that wants to destroy you, wants to make you sick, make you broke, make you angry and bitter and unforgiving and violent and ultimately murderous. But I declare that is not your plan. That is not what God wants for you. Now, let me be clear. Any encouragement that I give is because I'm trying to encourage you to either get right with God so you can share in these blessings or understand them as a born-again believer so that you can be victorious, so that you can succeed. You know, I don't really understand the anti-prosperity message other than the fact that really all you need to do is preface every one of Joel Osteen's tweets with when you're born again. And I think that would correct the whole problem. So whenever I hear encouragement for me, I think, how does this help me? Do I think, what is a lost person going to do with this? Sure, but I'm not lost, so I don't care. I think sometimes we missed, we, we missed the forest for the trees because, you know, somebody has something that we need, God anoints them to give it to it, to the body of Christ, and we get caught up on what they're not doing which I don't understand. I used to do that myself though. Um, should every minister and every preacher and every pastor preach the gospel? I think so. Um, but at the end of the day, they're not really in my sphere of influence to control, so if they don't, then I'll just have to be the change I want to see in the church. So if I don't think Joel Osteen preaches the gospel harsh enough or clear enough or firm enough, then by all means I'll do it. I don't throw out everything that the man teaches and promotes because he doesn't preach the gospel the way I would. I think we get into a very dangerous, pharisaic, religious nastiness if we live that way. So what you should do is think of your Christian life as kind of a toolbox, right? So you, you hear a little bit over here, you like that, you hear this over here and you like that, you don't like that, you don't like this, that, that guy said. But he did like it when they said this. You just take what you need, put it in your, your toolbox. Now, I'm not saying pick and choose the scriptures, right? But I can also say, if someone says something I don't agree with, I don't have to cancel them just because they said something I don't agree with. That I'm going to dismiss an entire life of ministry over one sermon or a two-second soundbite on television. You know, the worst cancel culture, long before the world picked it up, was in the church. Because we love to discredit, dismiss, throw away, throw people out, forget them, they're no good, they can't be redeemed. We love to do that in the church. And it's pretty nasty. And I'll tell you, it's adding to the gospel. Because at the end of the day, if I don't like something somebody's doing, I don't have to hang out with them. I don't have to support them. But I certainly don't have to, ba to badmouth them. I certainly don't have to trash them. That gets me no further, adds no height to my stature as a Christian 
to destroy and cancel the heretics. Jesus said, beware of false teachers. He didn't say write books and hold conferences and cancel them, make an entire website to cancel them and expose them, and then cancel anybody who won't cancel them. I don't think Jesus said that. So I just want to say, do I believe in prosperity? Yes, for the believer. I don't. There's no prosperous message for those who are lost. They're on their way to hell. Don't be confused about that. Um, but at the same time, I see a deficit in some of the prosperity preachers' messages that they're not hammering the gospel hard enough. They're not emphasizing the born-again experience. But what they do emphasize, I agree with, for the believer. And before, I threw it out because I didn't think they did it the way I liked it. They didn't preach hard enough. And you know what I was robbing myself? I was, uh, I was robbing myself of what I needed because I was broke and I complained about finances and I had this impending sense of doom that I was going to fail and I wasn't going to succeed. See, I lived under this dark cloud that wasn't the Lord of fear that I was going to go broke, that I was going to get sick and die. Not realizing that by not paying attention to what these guys are saying, that what they're saying is what I needed. So for me, I believe the message of the cross is absolutely central. You, if you don't preach repentance and faith, turning from your sins, being born again, putting all your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, having a radical transformation by the Spirit of God, born again, washed in the blood. Like if you don't have that, you don't get all the promises of God. You know, they're not all yes and amen unless, you know, you're born again. I mean, that kind of really is the point. Um, we get the blessings that are afforded to us because of Jesus. So you're trying to say, like, what? You know, Jesus just died so you could be blessed? Well, here's the thing. Did I? I'm not saying that. But you would be totally off the page, missing the, 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 the mark completely, if you didn't point out that there were some blessings and benefits of the covenant. That, that's even more horrendous theology that we we're, we're, you know you don't want to sell the gospel to people like their lives are going to get better when they get born again. But I have yet to meet a Christian whose life did not get better after they were born again. I have yet to meet a Christian who was truly converted soundly saved, born again by the Spirit of God, and their, whose situation did not change for the better. In almost every instance I can have ever known, they even got more intelligent, they got you know better jobs, they cleaned up, they got off drugs and alcohol, and they began to succeed and put their hand to the plow and to, to, to you know be a productive member of society. So you're saying that's true in every case, even in third world countries? Well, yeah, I mean, I think you definitely should be rising up out of your situation. You might still be in the, the below the poverty line, but you're going to be at the top of the bottom. You know what I'm saying? And I don't say that to be insulting. I don't say that is to... People want to find an excuse not to believe that God wants to prosper you. So they'll try to make an argument. What about all those people in Africa? What about them? You talking the million member churches? Are you talking about 
you know, the people who are actually laying a hold of real prosperity when everything else around them is falling apart and, and, and becoming destroyed, that they're they're succeeding and giving all the glory to Jesus. Because that's what's going on. There's poor people all over the world. Jesus said the poor will always be among you. You know, but I heard a wise billionaire say about that verse that he thought it meant it was about a mindset which blew my mind to hear somebody say that because I thought you're right no matter how prosperous or successful you can be you will always have poverty minded people no matter what where you live in the world no matter what opportunities are at your disposal no matter what kind of success you are able to attain through autonomy through through free agency there will always be people that will choose poverty they will choose to say I'm broke I can't do it I don't have enough money I could never do that I'm just gonna get sick and die like my mom and dad did when they were young you know when they died in their 50s from heart attacks that's what's gonna, that's what's gonna happen to me you know it says in Proverbs there's life and death in the power of the tongue and he who loves it will eat the fruit of it so people who love the poverty mindset they love to speak doubt they love to speak death they like it you know why because it keeps them in control it keeps them in control of what's going on in their lives but nobody likes it when the guy who says well maybe I'll just speak life speak positive speak health speak prosperity and hope and stand on the scriptures that promise the good things from God instead of being so quick to point to Job so everybody can know you know God really wants to smite you I mean come on if you don't if you read the book of Job how does it end it says that he was more prospered in the end than he was in the beginning and he was really prospered so stop pointing to old covenant stuff to try to make a point that God wants to keep you poor you know stop pointing to the things Jesus said like it'd be harder for a rich man to enter the you know a camel to go through the eye of the needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven now he said to get in which I'm I'm hundred percent in agreement with Jesus on that you can't come to Jesus with anything. You don't. You don't enter the kingdom of God with a sh with a shred of anything you would call your own, much less your riches and your prosperity. No. But once you're into the kingdom of God and you're grafted into the family of God, don't lie against God and try to say He doesn't want you to succeed. That's ridiculous. He wants you to prosper. He wants you. When you're born again, He wants you to succeed. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to lay a hold of the riches of the kingdom of God not just spiritual riches but I'm talking like in this life we should be able to represent what God did for us that we couldn't do for ourselves we should be able to represent that we have a father in heaven who is wealthy and successful himself who was a giver because really you want to know at the end of this the reason people hate prosperity is because they don't like to give you know maybe I'm wrong change my mind Tell me in the comments that I'm totally full of it. Because I'm telling you, people don't like the message of prosperity because they don't want to be givers. People want to judge and say, this guy, you know, he's so rich and his shoes are so nice and his suit's so nice, you know, but what does he do? You don't know what that man does. You don't live in his, his life. You don't live the life he lives. You don't know if a pastor or a preacher or a person gives or doesn't give. Because I'll tell you, most, I, I unequivocally, hands down, the, the ones that you hate the most, they're big givers. And they'll tell you that's how they got where they are. And they'll tell you that God is no respecter of persons. And that if they could do it and come from 
you know, miser, nothing, lowly, broke, poverty-minded people to where they are today by giving, and you can do it too, then lay a hold of that. That's what they'll tell you. They'll say it's yours. You can have it if you want. You know, I always think of Kenneth Copeland. He said the first time that they sowed a seed to a ministry, they didn't even actually have the money. They pledged the money. It was going to be like some $10 a month. And he said they didn't have it. They were so poor and so broke. They had nothing. And he says he put a pencil in the envelope. And like before God was like, Lord, I'm putting this pencil in here because I don't have anything to give now. But so help me, this pencil will become my seed eventually. I will put the money in this envelope. And he did. And he said that was when he started to sow and started to reap and started to grow, started to prosper. Because here's the truth. The principle of sowing and reaping in the kingdom of God is true in every church in the kingdom of God. If you don't want to give your money to somebody you see on TV, then don't give your money there. Go to your own church. Start sowing and reaping and believing God and tithing. And you don't even have to tell anybody. Just, just come before God and say, if this is in the Bible, then I'm going to do it, Lord. And if, if you're really the God of the scriptures, then you'll back it up when I do. And so, I just want to put that out there. Being against prosperity as a Christian makes no sense to me, only because as a pastor over the years, I can't even count how many times people ask for a prayer about money. They want money. They need money. They need a better job. And you just kind of want to look at them and say, just sow and reap. You know, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, running over into your bosom. With the same measure that you give, it'll be given back to you. So I'll encourage you. Don't be one of those nasty, crabby losers. Be a winner. Be somebody that, that is walking in triumph and victory. And that your heart truly is, your treasure truly is in heaven. And that you live a life that shows it. Not because of all the material goods that you can build up in your life but be, be a giver when someone's in need give be a tither it's a testimony to god it's a covenant of the old testament that if jesus thought it was bad he would have said so when he talked about it when he he actually said to the pharisees you guys tithe on pretty much your spices that's good but you're forsaking this other stuff too you know so follow jesus warning in that don't forget about love and mercy and be a tither but at the same time don't forget about love and mercy and despise tithing and be judgmental to people who say you can succeed and prosper in Jesus. So I say all that because I want you to succeed. I want everyone in the kingdom of God to be rich. I think that's totally acceptable. I think it's totally biblical. I think that it would give glory to God because if your heart is right, then no one has to worry about what you're going to do with that money. If you're truly born again, no one has to question how that money will produce godly things in your life or not and if you're scared that of having money because you think that it will lead you astray and lead you off into you know walking away from God you probably need to get born again just gonna be honest because no monetary value should move your heart more than Jesus can move your heart if you get swayed and pulled around by money you're, you haven't given all of your heart to Jesus yet in the first place 
So you need to die at the altar, go to the cross, put yourself up on that cross and say, Lord, I have no desires, no wants of my own. I'm nothing without you. Anything I have, it's all your for your glory. You get the credit. So I'm going to pray. Lord, prosper your people. Thank you. We pray that in Jesus' name. It's a simple prayer. God bless you.